Hello, listeners. Welcome to Educational Landscapes, Lessons from Leaders. On today's episode, we are going to learn from Tyrese Hinkins-Jones. Welcome to the show, Ty. To begin... Sorry, I was just saying I'm happy to be here. <laughs> we are happy you are here. All right, so to begin, what is your education leadership title? So my current role um, that I serve is the Director of Programs uh, for Medical Education for Emory School of Medicine uh, Medical Education Department. Wonderful. What do you do in your role? So the way I view it is I operationalize the curriculum in partnership with our faculty leaders, um, our faculty dean who oversees all the other faculty leaders for courses, clerkships, um, and threads. And so under that umbrella, we're doing um, assessment, we're doing uh, program evaluation, we're doing accreditation, compliance, um, we're managing systems and technology. Um, and then we're also dabbling a little bit in instructional design and technology as well. So all of that encompasses what we do as a team with various different team members um, in their skill sets. That is amazing. That is a lot under one team. <laughs> it is a lot, but we love it, right? <laughs> that is wonderful to hear. So what skills do you use given the breadth that falls under your role? How, what skills do you use in your role? So um, where I felt like I haven't been able to do this in the past, most recently been dabbling a lot in my skill set related to instructional design and technology, especially, and how we utilize technology in the curriculum, um, but also really looking at operations, organization management, project management, as we're uh, collaborating with other teams and the projects that we're doing, um, and then supervision, of course, as you have your team members that um, contribute to the work that you're doing under the team. Wonderful. Thank you. So what was your journey that led to this current role? So <laughs> interesting journey, right? So when I started at um, Emory in 2007, it was coming into, coming into a role where I was just focused on managing the systems for um, what we use in the curriculum. As I've had many experiences throughout, um, it has kind of migrated to doing so many different things under the curriculum, working with our faculty leaders, um, developing different projects that help streamline processes. So the journey itself has really been kind of learning on the job um, and then collaborating with others to, to do things better um, and to streamline processes. And it's been a fun journey. It's not been hard, there's been challenges, um, but it's welcome challenges because it, it makes us better as a team, individuals all together collectively. Um, so journey is an interesting word in that, um, yeah, it, it has been a journey, but it's 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 been a welcome journey in, in the processes of all the things that we've been doing um, from 2007 to now. That is great. So uh, thinking about that journey, can you talk a bit more about um, what your background is, your educational background? Yeah, so um, coming right out of uh, my bachelor's degree with psychology as a psychology major, <clears throat> in undergrad, I served as the student uh, financial aid assistant 
And that kind of opened my eyes to being involved in higher education. Didn't even think about that being an option for me. I thought I was going to be a school teacher or many other things, counselor, all that good stuff. We'll have to talk another day about how that shifted very quickly. Um, and so after doing that, um, I got an opportunity at Troy University working in the graduate program. Um, and my first job there was uh, academic advisor working and recruiting students from rural areas where they didn't have colleges and universities um, to help them get started with their graduate studies. Um, that migrated into me working in student affairs, admissions, doing supervision, all that good stuff, to then working in um, the technical system, excuse me, of Georgia, where I worked at Georgia Virtual um, College. And that was my first experience working a virtual experience for um, higher education. And so I managed, trained all of the coordinators that worked in student affairs, admissions, across the state of Georgia in every single technical college. Um, so as you can see, my background has definitely been adult education for all of my years um, involved in this work for higher ed. And then migrating from there into medical education in 2007, and I've been in medical education ever since. Um, in terms of my educational background, um, got my master's in higher ed administration, and then decided in 2017, 18, um, that I wanted to go back and really look at curriculum and how I could be instrumental in that. And I'm really big on technology. And so I decided I was gonna get a specialist degree in instructional technology. Um, got a little backlash from some folks about that because like, why aren't you going to get a, a PhD or EDD or whatever? Actually it was more PhD. And I felt like I knew that technology has always been involved in every role that I did. And so I wanted to have that paper that said, hey, I have this in my background. I have this in my wheelhouse. And so that was my intent in getting the specialist with the hopes of actually being able to expand upon that um, later in uh, hopefully in the near future um, with an EDD and hopefully instructional design, instructional technology and continuing that work because that has been where I found the most joy in my work. That is wonderful. Thank you. That is quite an amazing journey to where <laughs> you've come. So in, in reflecting on that journey, um, what do you wish you knew before stepping into your current role? So this was a, a question that I kind of struggled with, I'll be honest, um, because you never know what you don't know stepping into any role that you do. But I think the biggest thing that I wish I kind of knew before getting into this is dealing with people and how they work and how they react. And um, I think I, I assumed that everyone had the same passion that I had in doing the work that we do um, and found out very quickly that is not the case. And that's OK. It doesn't have to be that way. But I think if someone like me who's like, OK, I'm passionate, I want to do this and I want when you do these projects and then you, you get up with someone that's like, oh, yeah, that's cute. Yeah, we'll think about that. Oh, okay, great. And then push it off to the side. It's like, oh, okay. So we we don't, and not that I expect every single person to be the same, but it's like when you're doing this type of work, you're not doing it. I mean, medical education is not easy. You don't just step into this knowing what it is. And so you assume that people stepping into this work really have a passion for it and want to grow upon that and develop in that. And I really discovered that, yeah, that's not everybody's path and, and that's okay. So I think 
the peopling part of it has definitely been a journey in itself. Yeah. Um, and so I wish I had kind of prepared myself for that. And that's probably the biggest thing out of all is really the people part. Cause I feel, I look at myself as someone that can definitely work with anybody, but I think when that energy doesn't match all the time, it's hard to stay motivated in, in what you're doing. So it's probably the biggest thing out of, I'm sure there's more, but that's the one that definitely sticks with me. Oh, that's, I think that's such an important thing because education is all about people. Exactly. <laughs> all right. So what continuing professional development do you do in order to keep up with the needs of your role? So this one is fun for me, right? Because um, as much as I don't consider myself a people person, I love connecting with other people that are in like-minded roles and are doing the same thing, or it looks like they're doing the same thing or very similar um, and connecting with them and just having those one-on-one -on -one conversations. But also something I've recently gotten into that I didn't before was listening to podcasts. And um, so there's one that I, in particular, that I listened to. His name is uh, Dr. Luke Hobson. Um, and he's really big, very well known and through MIT, I believe. Um, in terms of instructional design. And so listening to his podcast and listening about the, the the latest and greatest about what's happening in instructional design has been a thing for me and listening mm -hmm. to that. And so that's another way. I'm not a big reader, so you're not going to catch me reading a book or anything like that. But I can listen to you talk and, and, and hear that passion in your voice. And so that drives energy for me. So um, doing listening to the podcast, definitely connecting with people, and then even in my own space, um, funny I said space because I've created something that is um, that came out of kind of something that was happening within our own institution in terms of staff and not being truly recognized for the work that they do and their expertise and uh, skill set. So bringing people together to talk about those different spaces that we're in, especially in this work that we do in medical education, um, that's probably been the thing that's brought the most joy um, and latest for me. And so just connecting with people, talking about things that are really involved in the work that we do, um, we easily can learn from each other just by having conversations. And so I think that's the biggest thing for me in terms of professional development, connecting with people, talking about what we do and how we can learn from each other um, is the biggest professional development for me. Wonderful. And so you mentioned space. What, uh, what does space stand for? Yes. So SPACE stands for Staff Professionals Across the Continuum of Education. Um, and these are for staff um, professionals that work in medical education. They're not clinicians, um, not, you know, they, they don't go in, see patients, but they are contributing to the work that we do to educate our future physicians, future doctors, um, and just really connecting about how we do the work behind the scenes to keep our programs going. Um, and so this has been really fun. It started as a SIG group, and now it's becoming a national section of the Group on Educational Affairs. And so I'm really looking forward to how this is going to grow and connect people across all of the U.S. and beyond, um, because we need to be recognized for these spaces that we, in, in the work that we do, and really how we connect and, and drive the work of the programs and connect with our faculty to really push um, the work forward. So I'm looking forward to how this is going to grow. And I know it's going to grow um, because this is something that has been needed for a really long time. That is wonderful. Making space through space. Absolutely. Is, I love that. that. We're going to use that as a tagline. 
<laughs> you are most welcome. I'm glad I have this moment. <laughs> where where else? So you talked about podcasts. You've talked about space. Are there any other like conferences or things that you attend for the networking you do? Yeah. So um, most recently, especially with the medical education space, going to AANC Learn, Serve, Lead has been very instrumental in my growth and development and just learning from other people. Um, something more local regionally is the um, uh, Southern Group on Educational Affairs. Um, and that's SGEA, affectionately known for, for those that are in the region. Um, and connecting with folks within the regions too, because you've had those local connections and, and um, regional connections of people that's doing the same work. And so that's been a point. We, we've not always been welcomed at those and that's not a negative. It's just not been created spaces for ourselves in these different conferences. And so the conferences do help a lot, um, but I'm I'm really big on just the personal connections, especially when it comes to what do you do? How does what you do connect what I do? And how can we learn from each other? So yeah, absolutely. Can The conferences are a big piece of that, but I like the personal connection. That is wonderful. And so I'm going to put you on the spot. There's one more that I've heard of linked to you called Gawe. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> so Galway is the Georgia Association for Women in Higher Education. This is one that I got involved in almost five years ago um, as just a member trying to learn more um, and keeping connected with the higher education space, knowing that I'm working in medical education. Um, and then most recently in the last two, three years, uh, working on an executive group and uh, as the VP of programs and now soon to be the president of uh, Galway in Feb the end of February going into March. And so this is a new, exciting experience for me. Um, it's putting me out there in an uncomfortable space because I like to do the work behind the scenes. But this is a challenge that I need, um, especially in this point in my career, um, to really just extend myself and, and putting myself out there. Something that I don't do well is uh, share what I do and my experiences and my expertise. And so trying to do that a little bit more. And this is definitely pushing me to do that. So I'm really excited about the new direction that Galway is going. Um, it's been a smaller um, association, but it's been beneficial for folks. But now that we've become more well-known, it's be, uh, becoming bigger, and I'm looking forward to continuing that growth uh, for the association. Wonderful. for reminding me about that one. <laughs> Most welcome. And it's amazing to hear how you have leadership roles, not just here at Emory, but yeah. in these multiple different spaces, which is uh, wonderful. Thank you. So, welcome. <laughs> what advice would you give someone interested in doing the same type of leadership role or work that you do? Yeah, so this one was um, something that I thought about and thinking about every role that I've taken and how did I go into it and what would I tell my next self or the person that's going to replace me in this and I think the biggest thing is make sure you go into it with a plan. Um, don't just come into it expecting that everybody's going to throw everything at you and that you're just coming into this well-oiled machine because that's not how it works. Um, I think in every time that I've gotten a promotion, especially in this work, I've always set goals for myself every single year. 
for not not just individually, but for the program, for the team, um, at least one goal for each of those categories. And I think preparing yourself in that way really sets a foundation for how that work will be in the future. And so definitely having a plan in place. It may not always work out the way that you think it is, but not having anything in place definitely sets you up for, I'm not going to say failure, but for a very challenging time in this work if you don't have an idea of what you're wanting to do. Oftentimes we work with people who like say, hey, I want to do this. I want to do that. This is what, but have no plan of action around how to get there. And so I'm like, oh, wonderful ideas, but how are we getting there? Like, what, what are we doing? What steps are we taking to get to that, to that point? And oftentimes people are looking at you to make that decision or, or, or create that path. And I'm like, yeah, okay, learning very quickly that if, I, if I'm going into this work, I definitely have, a, have to have a plan for what I'm doing. Um, so that's the best advice that I can give for anyone coming into this. Working as a director has been now what? This is four or five months for me. Um, it's been an experience. It's a it's a path that I wanted. And now being able to operate in it is wonderful. Um, but it, be, it can become a challenge when we're talking about people because, again, everybody's not always aligned with what your plan is. So you have to go into it having a plan, but also giving yourself that grace to know that, hey, it may not necessarily work out this way, but at least I have this kind of foundation for how I'm going to go approach this work. Wonderful. Thank you. And yeah. so I want to build off of something you said at the beginning um, of your answer, which was envisioning the person who's going to take the, the role after you. Yeah. Um, and so that's something that people don't always think about. So can you tell us more about your views around succession planning? Absolutely. One, I think anyone coming into a leadership role should always start with succession planning. You're never, you're not going to be the person sitting in that role forever. At least that's how I think. When I'm interviewing people and I'm talking to people um, in terms of my team particular, in particular, I always say, I don't hire people with the expectation that they're going to be here forever. I, I say that all the time. Um, because who is not goal oriented and wanting to move forward. So you always have to think about the next step. So I'm all for succession planning. I think it's important in any organization and what you're doing, um, especially if you're in a leadership role. And I think you have to, and I think having that kind of cross training plan to make sure people know every single role that's happening in the team and even if you don't do it day to day, you have an idea of how that's going, because there may be opportunities where you have someone that's working at a lower level that could easily go up into that next level because they've been cross training and know the work that um, is involved in that. So I'm a firm believer in it. And I think that's how any organization should operate and that I'm coming into this role knowing I'm not going to sit here forever. So who can I bring up? Who can I lift up with me and help them learn while I'm in this so that if ever, whatever situation, I win the lottery, I'm, whatever happens, then I'm out this piece, that they can definitely roll up into that space and make that transition very seamless for, for the organization. So I am pro-secession planning, pro, all the way pro. Thank you. I, I totally hear it in your excitement and energy as you talk about that. <laughs> Absolutely. Go so, session planning. I'm a cheerleader at heart and I'm always cheering for that. We need to have that in every space. I agree. I agree. That's wonderful. 
So reflecting on all that you have done thus far, um, you've got these different types of, you know, leadership roles within Emory, outside Emory. What has been one of your greatest successes in your mind? Oh, man. So we could go a lot of different directions um, with this. But if I kept it professional, my biggest, um, I, I would say space is probably the biggest thing for me. Um, starting this work in 2007 and, and coming from a space where we had conferences that were dedicated to the work that we do, um, we were treated in a different way. And then coming into this environment where it was like, you're seen, but necessarily, not necessarily heard. Um, space has really created an opportunity for me to expand myself, but also really hear the stories of other people and the work that they are doing. Um, the, no role is small in terms of the work that the staff do. And so hearing people's different experiences and how they've gotten where they, they are and just being able to hear those stories, look at the different processes and procedures that people have put in place behind the scenes to really drive the work of their program, that's exciting. And that's really been a passion for me. I don't see myself necessarily as a people developer. I'm like a people cheerleader. It's like, oh my gosh, you're doing this wonderful, great work. People need to hear that. This is a space for you where people can actually hear that. I'm all about everybody winning. And so for me, this space has space has created that opportunity for me to be the forever cheerleader for people. Um, and that's not everybody's play. And I get that. And I totally understand that. Um, but I think celebrating people in the work that they do is important. And not having that space, people start to lose themselves in that. And it's like, okay. I think my work is important, but nobody's telling me that. No one's saying that. And so creating that space for other people to really have their work recognized and shown and showcased has probably been the biggest accomplishment for me. And like, yes, I'm glad this is here. I'm glad we're doing something like this um, because it's needed. It's necessary. Everybody wants to feel wanted. They want to feel needed. They want to feel that their work is purposeful. And so creating that, that opportunity, that space, we keep saying that, um, for people to do that has brought is it it makes me happy on the inside and out. So yeah, that's probably the biggest one for me. That's wonderful, and it's I as you said, it's big, it's national. Um, yeah. So congratulations to you and your team. Thank you. Thank you very much. So what um, are or were your biggest growth opportunities to date um, in your pathway as a leader? Yes. So to know me, even though I have this like kind of bright, bubbly personality, public speaking is not my forte. Um, however, I have been pushed and challenged in a way to, to have been forced to get before people speak, talk, um, talk about my own work, which I don't do. Um, so that definitely pushed me in a way um, that I've never imagined. Um, and so that, and then also just really connecting with people. It's so easy to get in your own little space and zone and just fo like focus on what you got to do and get that out and then go on to the next thing, which I'm really bad about. Um, not bad. It's just what I do. Um, I do something of like out of sight, out of mind, going on to the next thing. Um, but taking that time to step back and really celebrate that and share that with people 
Um, I had an interesting experience today, something that I created some time ago and shared it with some faculty members. And, you know, I told, hey, just take a look. Um, you, give me some feedback if you feel like it. Totally fine if you can't, whatever. And then hearing back from them was like, oh my gosh, this is absolutely amazing. Where has this been all my life? Why haven't we been doing this for all of this time? And to get that back, it's like, I'm not necessarily looking for accolades or anything like that, but to hear that you are doing work that is meaningful and, and it's it's a resource for people. And it was like, why did I hold off on that? Why didn't I do this before? Why did I say, okay, yeah, I built this in the background, but I'm gonna wait and see if somebody asked me before I put this out. And then now realizing that people needed this a long time ago and that case in point, the feedback that I got, it was like, yeah, really like taking in all of that is a growth point for me because I don't do that. That's just not what I do. It's like, I do something and I move on to the next thing. And so it's like, I don't, as much as I want to cheer for other people, I don't always cheer for myself. And I need to, that's a growing point for me that I'm I'm truly trying to embrace. Yes. Um, and it's still a work in progress, but trying to do better at it. But I'm always going for cheer for others. And I just like doing that. That's just who I am. So I love that. I, and I think it is very important as you're highlighting. If you're a cheerleader for others, um, you are also a person who should be cheered. Yes. Yes. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Promise. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. So as you think about all that uh, you've done to date, what do you love most about what you do? Oh, wow. Um, I think the what I love the most is being able to have the space to be creative. Um, to know me is to know I love color. Everywhere you see me, you see color. Um, and so I, I, that's how my brain works. And so being able to be creative in the space, even in the educational space, it's like everyone doesn't get that opportunity to do what they love. And I feel like being able to be creative, I don't necessarily get to do it in my day-to-day -day work all the time. I create spaces to be able to do that. Um, I'd love to do more of that, um, but that's what I thrive off of. I thrive off of partnership and I thrive off of being able to be creative in the spaces that I work in. And so that is big for me. I think I, I probably wouldn't be able to survive if I didn't have that space. Um, to operate and be creative. And creative is not necessarily, um, you know, drawing or designing all the time. It's really just being able to have that blank canvas in front of you and say, hey, what can I create today? Who has a problem that I can solve? And how can I help them? What can what technology tool can I use to kind of streamline this process? It can be an array of things. And I think being able to do that, um, whether it's a personal or professional space, um, that brings me the most joy um, and, and keeps the, the happiness going for me. Wonderful, wonderful. And yes, I feel like the listeners are missing out um, on seeing the bright colors uh, right now. She's wearing bright pink. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> color, is all, I'm all about the colors. All about the absolutely, colors. <laughs> absolutely. All right, so we're coming to the last uh, few core questions. And so I want you to kind of take a step back and think about you know, education and this education space broadly that you work in. And uh, talk to us a bit about what are your passions around education? 
Wow. So that's a big one. Um, I think passion around education is really creating spaces for people to learn and grow, um, whether it's developing people or teaching people on how to use a new tool or um, thinking about content that they have to put out there and different ways that they could teach that content or uh, share that content, facilitate, uh, be a facilitator of that content. I think um, that's a passion of mine that I've kind of suppressed. Um, and it's only because I've been working in this role where I've been so operations focused that I haven't always had that space to really sit down with content experts and say, hey, okay, this is the content that you want to put out there. How can we be creative? Right? What can we think about in terms of how we want to approach this content with the learners? Um, so that's a big passion of mine that I'm dabbling in more now than I've, that I haven't always been able to do that in the past, but now trying to do more of that. Um, but I think the other passion that I've recently discovered, again, not a um, people developer per se, but really encouraging people in terms of their skill set and, and getting that out there and showing people self-included um, on that and, and really just highlighting and showcasing that work for others, whether it's the faculty member, whether it's a staff member, whether whoever it is, really being able to highlight people in the work that they do is a huge passion of mine. Um, I don't know where that comes from, except for the fact that I'm really about highlighting others. And I think it is just the cheerleader in me. It's like, yeah, you're doing good stuff. Let's show that off. Let's do it. Um, I, I feel like that's something that I've all that's always been with me and it'll continue to be with me. I love highlighting other people. I love cheering other people on. That that truly is um, a passion for me. So I think, and then just doing purpose um, field work too. Like that work needs to have, there, there needs to be a reason for why we're doing it. There needs to be a purpose behind it. And I've been fortunate to be able to be involved in a lot of different projects and different things where there was purpose behind that. Um, so I can go on and on about this, but those are kind of my passions around education specifically and just making people feel like they are needed, wanted their work matters um, in their educational space, whether wherever it may be, um, and anything I can do to help facilitate that and move it forward. Um, like I said, whether it's learning a new technology tool on how to share content, whatever, um, that's what I'm really passionate about. Wonderful. I, I think that encompasses, as you said, the the big cheerleader in you, yes. right? The recognition, the yeah. passion and supporting people as they're trying to learn new things. And so yeah. that's amazing. Absolutely. You said it better than I did. <laughs> oh, I just summarized. I just summarized. <laughs> Okay, so last question. We recognize that yes, you work in education, you're an education leader, but you are more than that. Yeah. And so what is one thing you do outside of work to help maintain joy in life and practice? Oh man, that can be so many different things. Um, So I think the biggest thing is probably anything with my children and my family. Um, my kids have recently gotten into soccer, so I've become a soccer mom. Um, and so that's allowed me to be a cheerleader 
right? Um, and so doing all the things and really actually watching my children grow with my husband and like seeing us in them has been an interesting journey. It's been fun, but it's been interesting too. They both have different personalities and they're definitely on different ends of the spectrum in terms of who they are and what they do and their passions and all that stuff. And being able to see that, it's like, okay, wait, I created this person and now I get to see how they grow and learn and how they do things. Um, it's an added notch when they're doing something in the whole education creative space for me, <laughs> for sure. Um, but yeah, outside of work is all about family for me. I am big on family, not just my kids, not husband, but even my twin sister, my extended family we're really close. It, it is just us. And so being able to spend time with them always brings me joy. Thank you. And I am sure you brought a lot of people joy as they listen to this episode. <laughs> well, thank you. I've had fun with this. This is another way to extend myself that I'm a little nervous about, but it was fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. Any last comments, questions, things that have popped into your head as we've had this discussion? Um, no, I just say uh, people should extend themselves. Do what you think, what you're scared of, right? Um, I was nervous about this. I'm nervous about speaking in front of people, all those different things. But in education, it's always about learning, right? We're always growing. We're always learning. So I feel like people should extend themselves and really do what they need to do to grow, to be happy, um, upward movement, all of those different things. So this has been an experience and I'm sure more to come. And I just thank you for allowing me to be able to be in this space to do this with you. Most welcome. And thank you for letting us be part of your growth and learning journey. Thank you. Thank you.